welcome to Let's Get Lit with my daughter, Dr. H, the global mentor coach, and myself, Dr. K, as we discuss tips and insights for you to maneuver and gain influence in the global arena. It's time to get lit and join the tide to shift paradigms and break glass ceilings. In season one, Dr. H and I will discuss the theme, currency, not always money. Join us each week as we provide topics that will help you change the tide. Hi, Dr. H. Here we are again. Yes. Currency, not always money. <laughs> Listen, there are so many topics that we can cover. Right. As we began to renew our minds and uncondition ourselves from the thinking that currency equates to money. Right. Because currency is not always money. Mm -hmm. There are things that are out there. There are so many skills, mm -hmm. abilities, our knowledge, assets that translate into money. Right. And we've got to really rethink them. So today, I want to talk about the evolution of, quote, influencers. <laughs> I think that's what you guys call it today. Influencers. Right. So old school. I'm old school, you guys. Dr. K is old school. So as I talk about old school, the more things change, the more they remain the same, mm -hmm. same old, same old. Let's talk about influencers and how they've evolved. As technology and the demand by consumers have changed over the years. Then the platform and the means by which consumers are attracted to a brand mm -hmm. or to a business is having to change. Right. Now, in my day, it was television, radio commercials. You drove along the highway. You saw highway billboards, paper advertisements in the newspaper, in the mail, snail mail flyers. There were other traditional modes of reaching out to target audiences that businesses, organization, government, individuals use to attract or even announce that they were opening. Right. And many of what I've just stated, they still exist. They haven't gone away. Mm -hmm. But another form of marketing is giving traditional advertising a one for their money. Mm -hmm. And it's called influencer marketing. Right. So if you haven't heard of influencer marketing, let's take a look first at traditional marketing and how it kind of came about and how consumers look at traditional marketing when they got ready to make a purchase. And so one of the things about traditional marketing was the witty ideas, the wittiness, the wording, the catchy phrase that advertisers use to get the attention of the consumer to purchase their brand or right. even to hire them for their company. So listen, it's been over a hundred years since marketing has started. And actually 
When it started marketing, marketers used either celebrities or influential figures. And consumers weren't even realizing that these marketers using celebrities and influential things and people, they were using them to guide you towards what you were purchasing. Right. So when they started with the radio, radio was one of the greatest marketing tools that was used. Of course, radio kind of came a little bit before television. And television, what we call television evangelists, they were radio evangelists. Yeah. And so radio was used to evangelize, listen, a great range of audiences. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they attracted people. And then there was Mikey. I'm going to come a little bit further. I'm not going to stay that far back. Anybody remember Mikey? Yep. If Mikey likes it, that cereal, you'll wow. like it. Yep. If Mikey eats it, you'll eat it. Mikey was not a real person. Mikey was a fictional character that gained notoriety. And Mikey was actually a fictional character used by Quaker Oats. That's right. But I remember we would put cereal, we would put anything, even broccoli, anything. We would say, Mikey likes it. Right. And guess what? Because Mikey liked it, you would like it. Okay. So that advertisement by Quaker Oats, it was so successful that it made the top 10 commercials mm-hmm. of all time in 1990 by TV Guide. Right. Okay. Now. It was genius. It was genius. It really here was. we go again. I believe they are in the process now of removing her from pancake mix cover. Aunt Jemima. Aunt Jemima. Child, listen. Now listen. Okay. You got to understand the face behind Aunt your mama. You got to know this was way back in the 1980s. You've got to understand that way back then, you did not see Black people in advertisements, mm-hmm. in commercials. At all. Okay? I've got a whole cup collection on advertisements. It's about 30-something cups, and not a Black person is on the cup because it's the history of advertising, okay? Mm -hmm. So there was a lady, Nancy Green, who was a local character on a minstrel show, okay? And it was very, very entertaining, okay? She became very popular when... They got ready to do this pancake mix. They hired Nancy Green. And she is considered to be the first African-American model to have influenced generations of people to buy ready-made pancake mix, okay? Mm -hmm. Then the next one was, I remember as a child seeing this, of course, it was before my time. It started before my time. But I remember when Santa Claus would be put on Coca-Cola bottles. Yeah, before the polar bears. Okay. Way back. Way back. Listen, they started using, this was genius too. Yep. Coca-Cola started putting Santa Claus on their advertisement back in 1931. Now, what you got to understand is, here's the genius. Santa Claus was not always portrayed as the heavy set, fluffy, white bearded, friendly looking grandfather figure. Right. It was an ugly little elf or something. Coca-Cola changed Santa Claus into this white bearded, like I say, plump, 
friendly man and put him on their advertisement. Yeah. And listen, bam, everybody wanted Coca-Cola because, of course, Santa Claus was on it. Right. Coca-Cola. Hear what I'm saying? How they use real people and characters to influence consumer buying. Correct. Okay. Now, bring it on up to date some more. Old Spice. (laughs) (laughs) Old Spice. Y'all, anybody remember Old Spice? Okay. Ah. Old Spice was on the shelf. It was popular at one time, and bam, it was just sitting on the shelf. People were not hardly buying Old Spice again. Because it was old. Ain't nobody trying to feel like an old man. Okay. So, Old Spice, again, you're talking genius. Yes, they put a face back I to it. I said, we've got to get into the times. Yep. We've got to it. appeal to this new generation, but we can't use the old methodology. That's right. So there was a 30-second Old Spice commercial that featured Isaiah Mustafa. It aired a few days before Super Bowl and after Super Bowl. Here's this ad with this sexy Black guy advertising Old Spice in this fresh atmosphere along the beach, blah, blah, this, Mm -hmm. and bam. Okay, their website went up 300%. Mm -hmm. Okay, Old Spice became the number one body wash for men after they saw Isaiah Mustafa, this this handsome man, okay, advertising this body wash, not necessarily the cologne, but the body Body wash. So when it comes to marketing, an influencer is simply someone who is fictional or real, who can sway the potential buyer to purchase a product or even invest in a company, okay? So Doc, I I just highlighted, this is traditional. This is some of the old ways. Right. Can you remember some of those old traditional commercials that you would see and you would want mom, dad, or even yourself to go out because you just had to have it. Man, there were a lot, to be honest. The Mikey commercials were huge, (laughs) especially for cereal lovers, okay? Uh Cereal, anything cereal. I remember the games. Uh Barbie, Mattel. Mm-hmm. Mattel had the Barbie doll game on lock. Yes. That, that, and when they came out, I don't know if they, no, I don't think Mattel came out with it, but the Cabbage Patch doll. Mm-hmm. So you got to think about, but first of all, Mattel with Barbie, they had the whole shebang, Barbie, Ken, mm-hmm. the house, the car, everything, uh-huh. right? Then there was Cabbage Patch dolls. You had the original yarn and then the real <laughs> hair. Then it was Pound Puppies. Y'all, I still got uh-huh. Pound Puppies. It's actually right here. Pound Puppies. But the other thing was, we were really a really big game family. So mm-hmm. whenever a new game came out, that was really something that would catch our eye. And so I remember when the game of life came out. And I worried my mama. <laughs> 
<laughs> about this game because she didn't think I was serious because I really wasn't the game person my sister was. And I was like, no, I want to play. Nope, nope, nope. And she got me this game. Then I got on their nerves because I actually played the game mm-hmm. a lot. I wanted to play this game all the time. And I really don't know what it was so much about the commercial that got me that... I- I don't know. I think it was just seeing the family around playing the game, but also the way they presented that commercial about building your future yes. appealed more to me than Monopoly. Now, my sister loved Monopoly. I hated Monopoly. I wasn't good at it. It got on my nerves. I was always bankrupt. Somebody always did this. I didn't have the strategy for Monopoly, but the game of life, the way that game was presented on TV, I felt like this is something that I can play. And again, seeing them as a family playing the game, but also also just the way they built it around building your future and your life with a you know what I mean around that board it really appealed to me shoots and ladders and Candyland Candyland was our favorite game in the house by the way Candyland and just seeing those games but what appealed the most were the family just seeing families come together back in the day that was huge it was family 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 building and the message was building memories and you know having fun with your family and all of these different things and so part of it back in the day was also the messaging and seeing the people I think one of the other things that was appealing in those commercials was the nostalgia that they created that they built around these items it I didn't care it it, it didn't matter what it was but they built nostalgia they really knew how to create and build nostalgia around the brand and I think Mm -hmm. that that's the key to marketing at the end of the day can you build nostalgia can you build more than just a buzz a temporary buzz but you want something long term around your brand or your 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 brand so I remember when Michael Jordan and Nike Mm -hmm. boy what you say now you want to talk about genius next to Mm Coca-Cola yes because first of all it was unheard of athletes weren't getting deals like that Uh because brands weren't partnering with celebrities like that that so when Mm -hmm. mike came along and was getting that got that brand endorsement deal yes he created a new model for marketing Uh uh-huh so that was just like, and I wasn't even, I'm, I wasn't a, you know, a sneaker person. I'm still not, but just seeing that it kind of created this, this buzz, this, this thing for all types of sneaker products. So then I started seeing Puma. They weren't necessarily using celebrities, but boy, Puma started coming out with some with some different yeah. kind of marketing. Yes. And Adidas yes. was coming out with different kind yes. of marketing and brand. And I can tell you, Run DMC, my Adidas, and they had the whole fit. Yes. It was just like hip hop, Adidas, like Pumas, and you know, Chucks. That kind of stuff, you started seeing it. And and it was just like, I mean, my stepbrother went out of his mind about about some of these products. 
products, but when Mike hit, came out with Nike, it really broke the mold and really took it there next level for my generation. Just like you said, with the Old Spice, for my generation, it was just like, oh, that was the time. And they appealed to a particular demographic and it just took off like wildfire. Yes. And because of that, again, look at all of the other brands that right. were competing right. that had to step their game up, mm -hmm. but they were using celebrities. Mm -hmm. And because Mike had it or Run DNC, whoever, it was like, I got to get this. I got to have this. This is the latest thing. Right. So guess what? Marketing was before I said quietly influencing you. Now it was not quietly. It was making a statement. Yes, I'm influencing you. I want you to buy my product. Right. It was like, it's in your face. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about another product. It's not around. I think it ended in 2001. We don't see it anymore. But I remember as a little girl, Procter & Gamble came out with a soap product. And one of the soap products that they came out with was called ivory they still make it i know but i think they stopped selling it i thought they stopped selling it in 2001 but anyway no you can still I, get it you can still you get, can it. get it okay mm -hmm. so ivory. Get ivory well listen when we saw ivory in the store we just had to have ivory because quote that's my daddy's name <laughs> oh my god okay it's little things that influence you right ivory ivory represent, you know, ivory, the trunk of an elephant, ivory, you know, purity and white. So guess what? We had to buy ivory. And if you had a child named ivory, guess what you did? You bought ivory. So it's little things that marketers use to attract their consumers. Like you said about the board games, board games were always presented as, at least in our day, in the traditional way, board games were presented in a way to bring families together because you've got to realize families were together we did things together and time. it was also a way to keep family together to do things together going along with at the end of the night broadcast with television which did not stay on 24 7 nope. at the 11 o'clock news parents do you know where your child is right and so marketing was it went from quiet suggestive to like in your face Right. By this. Okay. Right. So before we continue on with, as we get into the new, do you see a need for traditional marketing in today's society? Why or why not? Is there still a need? Absolutely. Okay. I think that some of the, you, you never get away from the old stuff mm -hmm. because it works. And by that, I mean, I'm going to switch to business, for instance. Hmm? nothing beats getting something in the mail mm -hmm. handwritten notes this is marketing people think that it's not think that this is just sales no 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 no. a handwritten note i don't care if you give them a pen or a mint because you're marketing your brand what is what am i saying that i care about you i care about building a relationship with you because that's all marketing is getting people to trust a brand is building a relationship uh -huh. and is and people trust a brand that's why they use celebrities they use certain faces they use certain colors they use certain things because it communicates trust 
Okay. So mm -hmm. I think that the old, the quote, old ways work. I say that because when you mentioned Old Spice, I couldn't help but laugh because Old Spice is still using the old way. Because guess who they're using? They're using a handsome gentleman, but now they got the wife involved and she's like, oh, but this smells good. I like it too. He was like, yeah, but this is mine. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. now there's yeah. a witty banter <laughs> and now you're getting to see a little bit of intimacy between husband and wife, but it's playful and he's just always in the towel. You know what I mean? Like, you know, that this is, you know, and it's like, baby, come on. Like, and, and their messages, men like to smell and feel good too. Men like self-care too, you know? So uh -huh. that's their message. Prior to that, they were using the other black guy and, you know, he was, you know, having, he had the old spice message of, you know, it's going to drive her crazy. If you use this product and da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of to counter the whole Axe body spray stuff, even though, you know, it's, it was a younger market. You can still appeal to a younger market because old spice is old spice. It's still, you know, mm -hmm. there's, it's just a smell. It's just a preference. So I can't help but think about, yeah, the old ways work. You said, Mikey, guess what? They got a new Mikey. Mikey is now a girl. <laughs> if she like it, you gonna like, like it. So I, I, I think that there's all, there's, there's always going to be room for old fashioned. I say that too, because I'll go back to the Michael Jordan, right? Well, because of how athletes behaved over the years, they stopped, companies stopped doing long-term endorsements and brand deals because your behavior is not reflective of our brand. So now guess what? Now that we have that shift, these companies now have to figure out another way to sell their products to get the word out there. Now you have a shift, a culture shift, black folks that, you know, now you got FUBU for us, by us. So now where we were wearing, you know, Adidas, you might still have that, but people were on the FUBU and they were on the apple bottom and different things. Now we have a resurgence of nostalgia and I mm -hmm. see it everywhere because they're, you know, you're seeing more of the board game commercials again and family commercials that you used to see back in the day and now you're seeing commercials like go on a family road trip i haven't seen anybody talk about a family road trip in years mm -hmm. but they're bringing it back so i think that i've been saying this for a long time too i know some things are old-fashioned but i really think that we can use a little we can use some old-fashioned right now like i really think that people are craving that old-fashioned they're craving the desire to see some of those things not because it's antiquated and we don't do that no more but because i think some people miss it I think people are missing it and they just want that time. They want to go back to a time when their things were, like you said, pure, not necessarily innocent, but there was a purity. There was a respect for the craft. There was creativity. You had to be creative. Think about it. I don't care what anybody said. Coca-Cola is genius. They will always go down as one of the best for marketing. Because coming up with that Santa Claus the way it was, that was creative genius. Quaker Oats came up with Mikey back in the day. That was genius. It takes creativity you got to think. Mm -hmm. So I think when it comes to that cool old fashioned way of doing it, yeah, we could use a little old fashioned because at the end of the day, it works. Yes, it does. And traditionally we have used celebrities and characters to influence purchasing, to influence people into purchasing our product or coming to our establishment. Right. And it worked then and it's still working. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What's happening now is 
The influencer is evolving. Mm -hmm. It's no longer just the celebrities and characters we know, Mm -hmm. okay? Right. Social media, that platform hit. And when that platform became viral about 10 years ago, it changed the face of things. Mm -hmm. And not necessarily for the better. Okay. (laughs) But- it, it, hey, it's it's working. Right. This is where you were talking about the, the athletes and all of that, and they had to begin to change. Going back to our conversation of last week about leadership skills, integrity, right. and honesty. Going back to watch what you say because it can cost you. Mm-hmm. So you think about the celebrities that have said and done things who were representing a product and they pull their contract because of ethics, honesty, or something that they said. It did not represent company. Mm -hmm. Think about those products that are pulling, not Auntie Mama, or think about them who are now pulling products from of old and saying, we've got to come up with a new look because in today's society, it is insensitive. So we've got to change the look. Right. And we're forming a team to look at a new look. And they're even creating contests. Some people are creating contests, you know, and saying, enter in and send us your ideas as to how we can rebrand. Right. Social media, bam, Facebook and Amazon. I don't care whether you like them or not. They shifted the paradigm. Mm -hmm. You're talking about visionaries. We talked about that last year. A leader has to have vision. And, and executing that vision is important. Facebook and Amazon changed it. Yes. Amazon shifted its consumer strategies, purchasing power mm-hmm. from in-store to online. Right. Now, I don't care what anyone say. This is how I look at Amazon. I said, Amazon is a huge catalog, bigger than Sears, Roblox, or any of those that used to be. Back in the day. That's all it is. It's a catalog, a virtual catalog. Okay. (laughs) It took catalog shopping to another level. Yes, it did. Okay. That's all it did. Mm -hmm. And Amazon looked at the Facebook platform and said, wait a minute, I can connect with this. I can connect their brand to ours. I can reach consumers. I can see what their families and friends are buying. Uh Okay. And so can they. Who's better to recommend my product than family and friends? Because guess what? Social media, Facebook was about talking to your family and friends, telling what you like, putting pictures on. So 10 years ago, hey, here's what I'm doing. Here's my picture. Here's this. Guess what? I bought this today. I got it from Amazon. I got it here. Right. Bam. And we're still doing that today. Mm -hmm. So you and I know that if a family member or friend recommends something, you're more than likely to buy it if that's what they're saying. Right. So Amazon began to take it a step further. They began to look at the data. This is before we got a lot of privacy in and it's still there. They began to look at your data. They began to look at your habits. They began to look at it and they took it a step further and they began to suggest some other gifts 
that you might want purchase based on your interests. Mm -hmm. Okay. Not just on Facebook do you see these everywhere coming. you are online. But if you go to Amazon, they began to look at what you purchased or even what you looked at. Yes. And they began to suggest here's something you may be interested in. Bang. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The influential market <clears throat> began to take a turn. Mm -hmm. They began to change the paradigm because now they've got access to your buying history. They've yeah. got access to your search history. And now I can even <laughs> offer you some things that you didn't think about. Okay. And I can allow you to see what other people were purchasing. Okay. I can also let you see what they think of the product. Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So now, thanks to readily available technology and information, just about anyone can become an influencer. Mm -hmm. Think about it. We are or can be influenced by everyone or everything we see on social media. Mm -hmm. You and I, Dr. H, we can be influencers mm -hmm. right. on social media, especially. Right. Instagram, <clears throat> Facebook, LinkedIn, Tumblr, any of Twitter. Yep. Okay. So let's look at this this new platform called social media. There are two types of social media influencers. They call them nano and micro influencers. Right. What's the difference between the two? And does the idea that a nano influences have less follower make them less effective? Let's talk a little bit about those two different types of influences because social media is the thing. Businesses, celebrities, a lot of people are using social media for their brand and for their businesses. So let's talk about that a little bit. What are the two types of media influences? Okay, so y'all, this is really interesting information. And for those of you who are really big on this, whether you are, you're trying to be an influencer or you're a marketer looking for these people, this is important to kind of have an idea of who these folks are. So now a nano influencer is somebody who has between 1,000 and 10,000 followers. So I am officially now a nano influencer. Yeah! <laughs> So I hit a thousand and I grew mine organically. I didn't have to buy followers, by the way. So anyway, micro influencers are people who generally have between 10,000 and 50,000. Sometimes people will say up to 100,000. So you're a micro influencer. So basically, if you have more than 10,000 followers, you're a micro influencer. Ooh. Now, having that said that, I want to caution folks. I've, I've talked about this before and I will say this and keep saying it. Just because you see follower numbers, doesn't mean that they're real. Because when I say just said that I grew my followers organically and I didn't buy them, people are buying followers just so that they can get to this quote influencer status. They do that because certain platforms unlock features that are available only when you have a certain number of followers. The other thing is too, when people are buying followers, they don't have the engagement. So if you're a marketer and you're just going to somebody's Instagram or their Twitter or Facebook, Tumblr, Pinterest, whatever, it's not just the followers, it's the engagement. Yeah. 
Yes. Mm -hmm. If they have 10,000 followers, but they're not getting any engagement, are these real people? You know, are they, are they bots? Because this is real. Uh-huh. So you want to look at that because you don't want to invest in partnering with someone who's not going to get you a return on your investment. That's the mm -hmm. other thing. If you are a nano influencer or a micro influencer, when it comes to these marketers reaching out to you, because I have them, they've been reaching out to me for even before I hit a thousand baby please understand when it's real they pay you all of this in when when people reach out to you saying we want you to be a brand ambassador and all this kind of carrying on that's great what are you offering oh if you buy we'll give you your own code and we'll give you no. 15 yes. 20 percent off you're, now you're just a sales rep that's correct you're selling no, that's not marketing that's not marketing no. and branding so yes. That's two different languages here. And I just keep looking and I, and I keep right on on. I delete the email. I, I delete the inbox because that's not real branding. If you want to market with me and brand with me, there's, there's a difference. And you see that with real influencers, you'll see them. They'll open up the packages. They'll do this and they'll hashtag ad. They'll tell you straight up that this is a brand deal. They'll send you products for free. That's branding. Of this other stuff about, oh, we'll give you your own code if you buy and we'll, you know, buy this item and put it on your page and you wear it, you know, you'll get 20% off your, your purchase and get your own code. You're a sales representative. Correct. So if I'm an influencer, then you need to be, you want something from me. You should be giving hey. me stuff and letting me promote it that way. That's real marketing. So that's where when we start talking about it, shifting and changing as an influencer, you need to know your power and leverage. On the other hand, as marketers, you've got to know the difference just because those numbers, they say they have those numbers. You need to be asking what their engagement rate is. Well, that's similar then to a celebrity, right? It's, it's no different than a celebrity right. when they go to the celebrity they don't ask the celebrity to buy their product they okay they're they're giving the celebrity something because they know that that celebrity is going to represent them and bring them something in so right. they're not telling the celebrity oh if you represent my brand i need you to buy this much in order for you to represent my brand Right. So even in the traditional sense, that's not the way it went. You know, right. it was like, I'm contracting with you Correct. and here's what I'm asking of you. Right. Okay. Concerning my product. And I will give you X number of dollars. Okay. And X number of my products that I need you to wear mm -hmm. and do for me as you represent the brand. So mm -hmm. social media influencers, you've got this number of followers that you're engaging with. Mm -hmm. When these brands come to you, you've got to see yourself then, not just as a social media influencer, but see yourself as a celebrity, okay? I want to take okay. it a step further, mom, and say, see yourself as a brand. Well, yeah, I'm, I was going to say that. See yourself, yes, because you are a celebrity. Mm -hmm. You are that, remember, I talked about the professional athlete. Mm-hmm. You're not just working for that, that team or on that league. Right. You are actually a business yourself. 
Okay. Mm -hmm. So a social media influencer, you are a business. You are representing yourself. You are an entrepreneur or self-employed person. You know what I'm saying? Because whatever you have going, somebody is willing to listen. Okay. Right. And, and hear you because you are an influencer and what you say makes sense, okay? I read where social media influencers can make hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yes, ma'am. Depending on the number of followers. Mm -hmm. Now, being old school, I had some difficulties with Instagram and Facebook followers and following people Mm -hmm. because I looked at it, my perception, let's go with this. My perception was family and friends. Mm -hmm. But when you are an organization or a business, now it's no longer family and friends. You are actually now using it beyond that as a brand for your company, for your organization to market your business. So now I understand why there are people who have more than one Instagram page. They may have an Instagram page that's personal Mm -hmm. where they just restrict it to family and friends. Right. But then they have another one like you do Mm -hmm. that's open and it is business. Okay. Right. And yes, it's family and friends, but it's whoever wants to engage with you because you are a brand and you're marketing your business, okay? Right. And the more I understand that, I'm going like, oh, now do I want to do two different accounts? Because when I set mine up, I really didn't set it up as, quote, personal or whatever. Now on Facebook, I have two different Facebook page. Right. One for personal and one for Oil for Joy Ministry, because Oil for Joy Ministry is not just church. It is for the Christian community. But on Instagram, I put it under Oil for Joy just because, not thinking back in those days. And I realized, oh, well, it can't just be personal. I would have to start a whole nother page. Right. But that's what happens when you're not thinking about setting up these pages or again, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, that's not what it was about. Okay. And so most people don't look at social media as influencers or see themselves as social media influencers, but they are. Right. And they don't see it as a platform to market their business. And if they do, they're not leveraging as they should. I would suggest as a leader, one of the leadership competencies is what? Self-care, growth, continual learning. I am giving you a transparent moment in which I am doing continual learning about social media, okay? Its platform and how to be an influencer. 
I was looking at Kitchen Sitter and Kitchen Sitter Diaries is on Facebook. She's not Facebook. I know she's on Instagram and she's on Twitter. Right. And it's a cooking show. I don't look at a lot of cooking shows, but she caught my eye and I started looking at her. And what got me about the lady who started it, Angela Davis, she actually started a food blog and it was back in 2012. Amazing story. And she was accountant and everything. And she lost her job. Well, she had started the blog before she lost her job. And so she was kind of doing both like most people are. But when she lost her job, she began to put more energy into her blog. Okay. So she also had to find work because she could cook. She started catering. So she was catering and food blogging at the same time. And she was posting just pictures of her food online. This is something Dr. H and I will laugh about because we'll go out to eat. And you know how we like to take pictures of our food and, and the presentation. And we'll go, oh, this is, look at this and how they present it. And we take a picture. Right. And guess what we do? We post it on our social media page because we're at this restaurant. We we purchased this meal and look at it and ooh, look how delicious looking it is. Right. That's what we do. Yep. <laughs> so this is what she was doing. She was simply posting pictures of the meals that she catered, the things that she was cooking. But she wasn't putting recipes out. She was just cooking and doing blogs. So one of her Twitter followers said, wow, I like these pictures. I like this. Can you send me the recipe? People started asking for recipes. Going back to what you say, not just liking, but engaging. And the more they began to engage and they started requesting recipes for online, she said, Oh, good idea. So she began to, of course, put up um, recipes in her blog and just doing some more things. And as they say, the rest is history. Okay. And many people call her the social media queen behind the kitchen set of diaries. But I just look at her story because this can be so many people. Especially now with 2020 and the pandemic and so many people out of work, it's now time you can take your witty ideas, your inventions, your creativity, you can take it to another level, but you have got to think about, you know, strategize, put some plans in and begin to do it. And one of the things that I really do think people should look into are webinars of how to grow and become a social media influencer because it does pay. Now, listen, everyone's talking about her now after the inauguration. That young girl, Amanda Gorman, Gorman, did she not hit it? On inauguration day, she did us proud. I mean, but listen, let me show you just how a platform just, you never know. That platform inauguration day, bam, has changed her life. Yep. December, I went back and I looked at her Twitter post. Okay. 
On December the 25th, before she became well-known, she wrote this on Twitter. She said, this year we learned to take nothing for granted, no matter how small. If we carry that humility into 2021, this time next year will be all the brighter, for we'll know to name our blessings for what they are. That's what she wrote, December the 25th, 2020. Amanda only had 137 likes three quotes, and 23 retweets. Mm -hmm. <laughs> wow. Okay. Since her recital at the inauguration, she posted a tweet on January the 22nd. This is all she said. You asked for it, so I'm delivering. You can now buy a special edition of my inaugural poem. I hope you cherish this print as much as the performance. Kisses at Penguin Random. <laughs> okay. When I saw this tweet, Dr. A, she had 21.7K likes, 232 quote tweets, and 2.5K retweets. Has a poet suddenly become an influencer? Absolutely. Can any, see, this is what I'm trying to say. Can anyone truly be an influencer? Yes. What are your thoughts? Because I mean, this is like right now going on with this young lady. And I'm like, you have no idea what platform it, it could be in person, it could be virtual. You don't know right. what you're going to say or do that's going to attract, wow, just one thing, one person and cause you to explode. Right. You go can viral, become, as they say. Yeah. Yes. Go viral. You can become an influencer. What are your thoughts, Doc? Absolutely. I mean, she's getting ready for the Super Bowl. A, I know she's a poet laureate, but yes, yeah, other she, speaker yeah. gives She just call. signed. Yes. She just signed with an agency and mm -hmm. she's a going to be doing the Super Bowl. Okay. Yeah. Here, here's the thing. You got to see yourself as influential before you step into it. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's where a lot of these people are. And some of the, again, it goes back to what I said in the last episode, be authentic. Yes. Have vision, be mm -hmm. authentic and be honest with yourself about who you are, what you want to do. You got uh -huh. to have goals. You got to, you got to know where you're going, what you want to go with it. When you were talking about the chef, I'm, you know, a, a lot of people became influencers online based off of circumstances. Life happens. Yes. And a lot of people got a side hustle right now, you know, and we say side hustle. I'm talking about, they got a side gig, you know, that they're doing like she was having, she had a little blog. But the other thing is that, that really catches my eye about about her story is that she knew how to pivot yes. in a time of crisis. Listen to me, because a lot of people, especially social media influencers are struggling online right now because they struggle to pivot in the face of celebrities that don't have anything else to do because they home uh -huh. and now they're dominating social media. Uh -huh. so guess who, where all of these brands are going? Guess whose engagements are going down? Thank influencers, you. right? Mm -hmm. So you got to know how to pivot and build your brand and trust your brand and find another way to be creative and find your audience and understand that, you know, at some point the people are going to go back to work, but right now that doesn't help you because it's, it's affecting your pocket. I say that because there was, a, there's an influencer that I follow on Instagram. Her name is Imani Vaughn and she's out of Atlanta and she did a whole, I don't know if she went live, but she did a story. She did an Insta story series about the platform and how the platform's new algorithm and the manipulation affects 
her as an influencer because as influencers it's about engagement and she noticed that her engagement was down but also her followers was something was off and it was just different things because the platform is now showing people what they think again like Amazon they think people want to see rather than okay but if I'm following somebody I want to see what they put yes a lot of different things that affect your ability so you know that these platforms are again because again once you get to a certain amount of followers these platforms pay you to be on the be on the platform as well some of them Mm -hmm. but not all so obviously they're not trying to pay out no money let's just be real let's just be real they're Uh not trying to pay out no money so they start manipulating the algorithm if you don't know how to pivot and make it work for you regardless of what that algorithm is doing you're going to struggle. So you got to be able to make an adjustment. I love that this young lady was able to do that. She did what she did. She was true to herself. She's been a poet laureate for, for, you know, she's been a poet for a long time. She's put in that work. And I just can't help but think about how long she's been putting in work, being her true self, honoring her craft, Mm -hmm. investing in herself and the power of words Words. (laughs) (laughs) as a laureate, as a poet, all of these different things. It's It's not like she became an influencer overnight. Now there are some overnight successes but like again youtube but guess what a lot of youtubers are broke right now their influence gone because you got to constantly keep working at that thing they were hustling and didn't have a plan for their brand so i say that that yeah i think a lot of people can be influencers i think that is definitely necessary to invest in yourself i'm constantly taking i just took an instagram class last week or so just to improve my ability to use the platform i've i've taken a class on twitter i've taken a class on pinterest i I, you got to constantly invest in yourself so i can figure out my messaging i just had a one-on-one with a guy for linkedin why i'm not the expert you know and it's okay i don't you don't know what you don't know and i'm honest enough to say i don't know what i don't know but now i now i have some idea so now i can sit here and say you know what let me make a decision do i want to invest time and energy here doing this to build this or do I want to outsource this portion to someone else a lot of people become influencers because they are not managing their own social media thank you pay people People to do that right people have to realize that yes so you gotta know that there's people out there that that's their bit their business is social media you know what I mean like they are social media marketers like that's a whole thing now they actually have social media class that's how big social media has become that they are actual having there are social media classes I know Temple University has one there's a whole thing to it now because it's an animal all to itself and I think the more creative geniuses are the ones who combine traditional marketing ideas and concepts with social media but it's a matter of learning the platform and seeing how to properly leverage it you can't use twitter the same way as instagram and you can't use instagram the same way you use pinterest you know you can't use either of those the same as facebook or even google because google can google is social is is a social platform so i think that in in talking about influencers and looking at marketing and how you leverage yourself as a brand your marketing your social media strategy like I just the the guy who did my LinkedIn he was like I'm gonna connect you with somebody because you need a social media marketing plan and create a calendar and I did that last year and that's how I was able to grow my Instagram followers to a thousand organically because I had a plan for what I was going to do and within a matter of months executing that plan that's how I got to a thousand I grew my my following organically by hundreds because I put in the work I learned what I needed to learn and now I need to evolve 
evolve to something else. It's work. It really is work. And I'm not talking about anxious toil work, but it's definitely worth you investing to understand the platforms. First of all, you need to know who's on the platform, because if you're on a platform where your audience is not, you're wasting your time and your energy. Well, what we're also talking about as influencers, we're simply talking about marketing, really. Right. Marketing your brand. Right. And any business, I think we forget when we start talking social media about developing plans. As a business, business owners, you have to develop a marketing plan. Coca-Cola was a business. Procter & Gamble, these are businesses. They have a marketing department. And the people in their marketing department not only must be aware of traditional, but they've got to now hire people or the people in marketing have to fine tune their skills again and learn about social media marketing or being a social media influencer. That's the term. And that's part of continual learning. As an individual, when you don't have the team or the money, okay, to hire someone to do this, then you've got to take the time and look at, like I said, these webinars, there are many free ones. You've got to go out there and take some initiative yourself to learn about these platforms that you are using and how to leverage them, okay, for your business. That's leadership, okay? That's simply a leadership skill until you get to the point where, guess what? I can afford to hire someone. But until then, you've got to do all of this knowing that you're your competitors, hear this, on social media as influencers, that some of them are celebrities. Some of them are people who have assets financially. They have teams. So guess what? I still got to look at what's my market? Who am I trying to influence? Again, this is part of a marketing plan. And how do I pivot? What do I need to do, okay, to not only get followers, but to retain my followers. Because again, we're talking about being an influencer. And when people learn that social media influencers can make hundreds of dollars, which are what celebrities realize, okay? You do the work. You do the work. It is part of leadership to be a visionary, to be a strategist, again, to be honest, to be integral. Part of leadership is to know how to pivot, to be politically savvy, all right? You've got to know your audience. You've got to know your competitors and you've got to grow. And to grow your business, you've got to know where you are marketing and realize that traditional and social media, traditional, and I call it new age, whatever you you can combine them and use both of them to do your branding and to get the word out concerning your business. Before we go, Doc, any other remarks you want to make about being a social media influencer or becoming one? 
Yeah, one of the things I want people to understand is think about investing in yourself. One, have a vision. Two, create a plan from that vision and be true to yourself. Like it's so important for you to be true to yourself. I, I can't even stress that enough. Be true to yourself and invest, 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 invest in yourself. And, that, and not just financially, but your time. You need to know what these platforms are, but a lot of it boils down to what is your plan? What's your goal? What's your vision? And who is your target market? And above all, what is your why? You have to have a why for, for being an influencer. Mm-hmm. If money is your only why, you're going to lose steam and you're going to lose vision. Your why got to be bigger than the dollar amount or otherwise you're just going to be hustling, anxious toil, just constantly out here, anxiously toiling away at this thing or that thing. But when you really decide to be an influencer, seriously, that means you are looking at building a business out of yourself. What's my brand? What is my, what am I communicating to the world about who I am and what I do? You know what I mean? I don't care if it's coaching or whatever. The other thing is be careful. Do your research about these people who are having all of these workshops telling you that they can help you with your strategy and help you with this and help you with that. Look them up like anybody else, like anything else. Yes. Look them up. Some people are outsourcing their accounting and all this other kind of stuff. Okay. Do you really know the tax law? Do you have references? Can I talk to these people? You need Mm -hmm. to hear firsthand from people's experiences and you need to know okay, what's your background in this? How long have you been doing this? Because you're entrusting your brand and your business to somebody else. Make sure that they know what they're talking about. Like they really know and not out here. Again, hustling. People are selling. Everything is a hustle. So people are selling anything. They're selling Avon to dying people. So don't be one of those people so thirsty that you buy something that's not of value to you. That's not really going to help you build your brand. And that is leadership 101 by the way researching and investigating your allies people you wanting to partner with that's basic leadership and it's also basic business 101 you've got to know who you are working with whether they have the knowledge skills and abilities that they claim get some references again find out something about them remember we said with Amazon, they began to look at your buying, your purchasing, your search history. Okay. They started looking at what your friends would say, and they began to present you with various products that you might be interested in. Same thing in business. What are people saying about this accounting firm? What are people saying about this human resource firm? What are people saying about it? Okay. Are they really who they say they are? And the same thing is going to apply to you. Are you really who you say you are? Are you authentic? Are you honest? Are you integral? Are you really presenting your brand? Does your brand really uh, operate like you say it will? Does it do what you say it's going to do? And so that's all part of being an influencer. From tradition to now, swaying decisions of customers to purchase your product or buy into your ideas have been used to shift paradigms and break glass ceilings. We encourage you today 
to invest in yourself and become a part of the evolution of influencers. So go and let's get lit as we shift paradigm and break glass ceiling. Have a great day, everyone.